0: It's Prayer Sunday. How does that make you feel? You don't need to tell me. A lot of things I say are just rhetorical. You can just have a listen to what I say and just think, hmm, Prayer Sunday, is that going to be a great thing to to go for? It is, isn't it? But have a think about some of these questions that I'm going to ask you. I wonder, have you found that prayer can sometimes be... Frustrating, mystifying, hard-going, complex, challenging, even devastating. If someone like me stands up at the front and says, let's pray for a couple of hours, does that make you feel, oh, that's going to be a bit of a tough one? That's going to be hard. When you're talking to a friend, it's really easy, or someone that you see face to face. You can see what the conversation is going to be like. You can feel what they're feeling. Their expression on their face tells it all, doesn't it? But sometimes when we meet with God, it can be harder because we're sort of thinking, well, I know God, I read his word, and yet sometimes it feels that just a little bit trickier, perhaps. It reminds me of this cartoon. So the old chap is saying, what do you want for-? So the old chap is minding his own business, sitting down, and the lady of the house says, what do you want for supper? Savory beef, mouth-watering salmon, or luscious chicken? Oh, I'll have the mouth-watering salmon, the man says. Do you know the punchline? I was talking to the cat. Now, is that how it is with prayer sometimes? Sometimes we sort of might get the wrong end of the stick, possibly. Maybe we're praying and we're just sort of thinking, oh, yeah, I know what God's saying. I know for certain that God is saying this, this and this. And so we say this. But then it's really something else that's happening. Today, we're going to be thinking about, in Prayer Sunday, finding rest as we pray. And many of you, because you're all Bible scholars, well, as soon as I say something like that, you'll think to yourself, right, he's going to be talking about Psalm 62. And that's exactly what we're going to be thinking about. So Jill's going to come and read it to us now.
1: Psalm 62, for the director of music, for Jeduthun, a psalm of David. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Selah. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God; He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Selah. surely the low-born are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing together; they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done.
0: So this psalm is dedicated to Jejuthun, and reading through the different psalms, you'll see that two other psalms are dedicated to him as well. That's Psalm 39 and Psalm 77 as well. I know by looking at some of you and just knowing your stories that some of you have a real gift for praying. It's something that you do, and it's something you've done perhaps for years, and it's something pretty easy most of the time for you. But possibly for most of us, we know we're going to pray, and we want to pray, but maybe it's just a bit harder to pray than the other people that have this gift, this ministry of prayer. And so I've got some more questions to ask you, and they're rhetorical, we don't need to answer them out loud, but I want you to think about them. And you might sort of think, these are really odd questions to ask on a Sunday morning when it's meant to be a prayer Sunday, and I'm meant to be encouraging you to pray. But it's good to be honest and it's good to be realistic as well so here's some of those questions is it sometimes easier not to pray don't answer just think about it can it sometimes be more comfortable to try to make life happen by your own devices Is it possible to pray again, despite being so long since you've done it before? The brilliant thing is, God says something to us. He says, to the hungry and to the thirsty, that's us, come. I've got some verses at the bottom. All these notes, remember, are on our website, so you can look there if you want to. So even if we're thinking, we're a great prayer warrior. Oh, I really enjoy praying and it really makes a difference in other people's lives and in your own life. Or if you just pray a little bit and you feel a bit, oh, I should be doing more. It doesn't matter which extreme you are. Jesus says today, come. Jesus says, fix your eyes on me come with your questions, come with your doubts, come with any hurts that you might have, come as you are. But Jesus says, come. And he's saying that to all of us today. One verse that Jill read that really stuck out to me was verse 8. And I've got that in two versions that I'm going to read to you. Verse 8 of Psalm 62. The Passion Translation says, Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. Pause in his presence. And then another version, the Amplified Bible, it says, Trust in, lean on, rely on and have confidence in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us, a fortress and a high tower, cellar. Pause and calmly think of that. So as we said earlier, God is inviting us to come, to come to pray to him, to come to listen. And the idea is that we need to pour out our hearts to him. I know it's really easy when you know someone well, to be honest with them. If you don't know someone and it's kind of a stranger, sometimes it's not so easy just to be sort of open and honest about them. Sometimes it's not even proper to be open and honest with someone, is it, about uh, your inner feelings. But with a family member or good friend, it's easy, relatively, to pour out your heart's ideas because you know you're in safety, you're in comfort and God wants us to feel like that with him. And for many of us, perhaps all of us, we do feel like that, don't we? When we come into God's presence, shut the door on everything else and sit down and say, Lord, here I am. What are your concerns? Here are my concerns. Help me, Lord, to hear from you and follow through with what you're doing. Lord, you must increase and increase some more. I must decrease and decrease a lot more. So as we're praying and we're pouring out our hearts to him, so that's a place of listening, of taking our worries to him, our concerns to him. I bet when you sort of think about someone in the Bible pouring out their heart to God, you might think of the lady called Hannah. In 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 15, it explicitly says she poured out her heart to God. She really, really, really wanted a a baby. And so we know that from what was going on there, she was heartfelt in her longing for that and talking to God about that. So much so that someone got the wrong end of the stick about her. And they looked at her and thought, she's not doing the right thing there. And it might be as we pour out our hearts to God in a service, in a meeting with other people... So people may think, oh, that's a bit OTT, or that's whatever it is. It's not, because we're pouring out our heart to God. And that's a really good thing. I remember years ago, when I I used to go to Manor Court Baptist Church, years and years ago. And there was one Sunday evening where it was kind of an, an open sort of service, you know, where there was no set pattern, there was nothing really, sort of no big preach going on or no finished time or anything really and so people just felt open to God and I remember on that occasion I was leading the worship and suddenly this pain hit me that I just hadn't felt before and I began to cry and it wasn't just like a little tear or anything like that that sort of crying it was and okay I'll tell you Stuff was coming out my nose. Okay, I'm not going to tell you any more about that. But that's—I was really cried, was uh, And for ten minutes or so, I was just really open to God and just really crying for this heart thing that God had done in me. And that's what God can call us to do. I've, I've, I didn't care about who else was there. There was another twenty or thirty people there. It didn't matter one iota because I had this pain, this. Love for some people that I'd not experienced before. Because I was in God's presence, I was just overwhelmed by God. And so this is how physically it happened. For 10 minutes or so, I was crying, really crying. And God did something in my life then. And so we don't have to be all British about it or quiet about it. If we do feel that something needs to be said and something needs to be prayed, let's do it. That's a good thing. I haven't prayed like that since. But that's all right. Sometimes God gives something to you and we feel like we want to pray, not just with our voice, but with something inside of us, don't we? And God does something in our lives. We can feel like God's agony just for a little while, can't we, as we're praying. Life can have much turmoil. Some things are unexpected, aren't they? Some things just hit us and we don't expect them at all. But Jesus says, trust me, I'm holding you tight. I'm with you. Last week, Sean was encouraging us to say every day, I'm going to love Jesus more. I'm going to put aside the distractions that aren't necessary. And I'm going to be deciding to say, yes, Lord, I'm giving time to you. You are my priority. What Jill read was from the NIV and the Hebrew language for my soul finds rest is my soul waits in silence. And when I read that uh, a couple of days ago, that just put a new light on it because it's not just resting in God, but knowing, being confident, knowing that he is trustworthy, he is faithful. And as he leads us to pray So he'll help us to uh, rely and know about his omniscience and his omnipotence, his bigness, his strength, and we can be encouraged as we pray. Find rest my soul in God alone. Now, if that was all I was going to say this morning, that would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Because that way we could pray for an hour and take communion and worship a little bit as well. There's a but. Because often when God says things to me, he says something with a cheerful smile on his face, because I can hear God speaking with a cheerful smile on his face so often. And then he says to me, however, or but, or have you thought about so-and-so? So So here's the have you thought about so-and-so. We're resting in God. We're putting our confidence in him. But you're going to say to me, John... For the last two months, we've been looking at the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to be saying to you, oh, thanks for bringing that up, aren't I? Because that's a quite a tricky thing. We're sort of, we know we need to change, we need to repent, we need not to stay as we are. And you're going to say to me, do you remember, you've said many times, as well as the other speakers as well, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And today, that's what we're thinking about as well. We're not just going to say, let's just be resting, and let's just, yeah, have confidence in God. But we're also saying, let's remember that Greek word that we talked about, akouo. And if you remember, if you were here, that Greek word, figuratively, it means to hear God's voice, which prompts him to birth faith within us. So as we listen to what God's saying we're not just bombarded with ideas and thinking, oh no, this is a bit much, this is a bit tricky. Instead, God comes along by his Holy Spirit and says, yes, this is what I want you to do, but I'm going to give you the inclination, I'm going to give you the power, I'm going to give you the, the wherewithal, the wanting to do it as well. I'm going to do something inside of you that will make a difference. William Carey, you've probably heard of this Uh, gentleman from a few hundred years ago and he said expect great things from god that's maybe the taking rest in god but then attempt great things for god so expect great things from god attempt great things for god i was reminded this week of a long word and the long word is something to do with this Seesaw, yeah, it's a bit of a longer word than that. And this person texted me the word and I thought, that's a word I've not thought of for at least six months. And I thought, that's going to be so relevant for what we're doing today. This is the word, equilibrium. God wants us to keep our spiritual equilibrium. Let me say a bit more. We've got some people that really want to rest in God. Ah, oh, thanks God. I trust in you. I'm confident. You're going to do it. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Amen. And then they get up, and everything's fine, and they just go about their business. Some people, oh, it's just gone. There we go. Some people strive for God. Do you know about what's going to happen tomorrow? Do you know Jesus is coming soon? Do you know this? Have you heard about this? And they're striving and they're doing all of this. God wants us to do both. God wants us to put our confidence in him, but also not just to say, thank you, Lord, it's all in your hands, brilliant. But he wants us to go out to do things in his strength and his way, so we know that his name is honored and his kingdom is extended. So I wonder how your equilibrium is doing today. How is it being balanced? Have you got the confidence in God? Have you got the resting idea? And have you got the striving, the doing things for God as well? Remember, resting in God isn't doing nothing. Resting in God is doing a lot for God and for others as you are confident in him and trust in his faithfulness and his love. In other words, resting is an active term, not a passive one. It isn't just lying down and let God do everything. It's saying, Lord, here I am, wholly available to pray, to do, to listen, to to do whatever you're asking me to do. As we're resting in God, it's not having a spiritual 40 winks. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to listen to what you do and then put my shoes on and get out and do what you're asking me to do. Psalm 42, verse 1. Many of you will remember it. As the deer pants for the water. In one translation, it says, I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. Overwhelm. We can say, Lord, please overwhelm me with your love for others so that I can fellowship with you and tell people about your love for them. You probably remember Matthew six thirty-three as well. Seek first the kingdom of God. In one, de- one uh, translation, it says, this is the message, Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And I really wanted to make sure I got the word steep <coughs> sorted out in my mind. So a definition of steep is to saturate with or subject thoroughly to some strong or pervading influence, so God is saying, saturate yourself, be subject thoroughly to God-reality, God-initiative, and God-provisions. In the Amplified Bible, same verse, Matthew six thirty-three, it says, "...but first and most importantly seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also." And so it is, it's not just saying, Lord, I'm going to rest in you, doing little, but knowing that you've got it all sorted. But it is saying, Lord, today I'm choosing your way, just like Joshua did. I'm going to choose a way your way and put away all these other things that don't matter at all. God doesn't tell us to stay in this building or in our homes, to stay in like a fortress, like we we're reading in the psalm. God says, go out, pray outward, live your life outwardly to other people. There we are. There's NCF. Can you see where NCF is? Just about. And you know, we're so blessed by having so many nationalities coming into us, and it really changes us and makes us aware of other things that God is doing. That's a real blessing. We're so blessed, so fortunate because of that. So here's where some people have come from. Now, of course, I could have put you upon as well, but then the map would have needed to be massively bigger. So all these different places, we are so grateful. People at the moment or in the recent past have come from these sort of places and they're influencing us. I wonder... If all these people are coming in to help us and encourage and to serve and serve the Lord. Where are we going? Where will the God-given aching you have take you? Maybe God even in the last few weeks or even today has just put something on your mind or in your heart. And you just thought, I've never heard of that place before. Or... Ooh, that people group, I was interested in those 20 years ago, but I've not thought about them since. Maybe God is whispering something into your heart today. So you don't stay in an eating and bed with, but you go out and do something. Now, of course, various ways of doing this. We could go out through prayer. And we can go out, in my word, with our physicalness. We can go out just going out to a country or going out to a town, or going out to meet people. God is calling us not just to rest in him and say, thank you, Lord, but to go out, to be praying, to be encouraging others to pray, and to worship him with others as well. So we might go a long way physically, or we might just go over the border into Leicestershire, or to Staffordshire, but God is definitely calling us to meet with him. Resting is about being confident in God and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness. Now, here's a question I would like you to answer out loud. Okay? Have a think about it. There is a right answer and there's dozens of wrong answers. All right? So, have a think about it first. Don't just say the first thing that comes into your mind. In the Neaton and Bedworth, who are the most uh, powerful people? Don't think about it too long, otherwise it'll be a long gap on the, on, the sort of, uh, on the recording. Who are the most important people, sorry, who are the most powerful people in the Neaton and Bedworth? Go on, give me some answers now. Has anyone got a gold star for Jeff? Because that is the correct answer. I thought you might say, oh, it's the mayor, oh, it's the county councillors, oh, it's the borough councillors, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. We are the most powerful people in this borough. We are like a power station for this town. We can change a lot through listening to God and doing what God says. We can make a tremendous difference because we, all of us, have a look around, because then you'll believe it, we are the most powerful people in this borough. God is good, isn't he? Here's a quote from Justin Welby. When the church is working, it is the most mind-bogglingly, amazingly, extraordinarily beautiful community on earth. It heals, it transforms, it loves, and it changes society. And it's definitely true. Definitely. It's not us But it's God working through us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the most powerful people in this borough. We can see a lot of change happening to the town because of our prayers to the Almighty and Magnificent God and listening to Him and doing what He wants us to do. So, are we keeping a spiritual equilibrium? Are we resting in God, knowing that we can be confident in what he says and then striving for God, doing the things he asks us to do? We are finding rest, but as we say, that doesn't mean we're just going to sit down and do very little, apart from praying, which is important, but we're going out and saying, Lord, in your way and in your time, let your kingdom come here on earth, just as we pray in the Lord's Prayer so often. So we're going to be doing a lot of praying in a few minutes, we're going to be singing a little bit, we're going to be taking communion as well, remembering the Lord's death and resurrection, but we're going to say yes, thank you Lord for your rest that you give us, our confidence can be in you, thank you Lord for your word to us. So let's just pray and then we'll sing and then we'll do a little bit of Uh, exciting us to pray. Lord, we are thankful that we can rest in you. We know, Lord, not just through reading the Bible, but, Lord, we know from our own lives and knowing other people's lives that you are alive and active. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us to play our part. Help us to know that we can rest in you that our confidence can be in you because lord we know that you are a true god and that your word is true and never fails us thank you lord amen